it's gone. Same old. Remember Baghdad Bob? Remember him? Sure. Uh, what was that? Curveball? Sure. Guy? Yeah, I think uh, I think in that book about uh, sabermetrics. No, no. <laughs> what, what didn't he? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> different, different guy. He was the spokesperson, Spock, as we say. He was the spokesperson for uh, Mr. Hussein, and he was the guy, like. <laughs> who just kept very passionately saying things that were ob- the opposite of the truth that everybody could plainly see happening. Mm-hmm. Let's look up Baghdad, Bob. Uh, yeah, Curveball was a different one. Oh, Curveball. The informant, yeah. I'm not going to date this podcast. This podcast is recording on uh, Tuesday, May 9th, 2017. We started watching uh, All the President's Men, which, we should put this in show notes, has an astonishing number of F-bombs for a movie that is still rated PG. It's different time, different time. Yeah, but but you know how is that and Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters? I mean, ugh, so strange. Did you hear the uh, thing where uh, our old pal Mike Hurley was scandalized by the extended sex scene in Terminator? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> this is the Mike at the movies thing where he watches? Uh, yeah, he watches the movie with Jason movie, Snell. Movies that we watched when we were kids. That he yeah. hasn't seen because he's in. Young yeah, person. and like remember the, the thing in the eighties where every movie had to have this very earnest, serious music-backed, uh, dimly lit uh, sex scene. Oh, it was de rigueur, just boobs. You just had to put boobs in. If you're lucky, I think most of the time all you got was silhouettes and lots of yeah. like uh, you know music and slow motion writhing and maybe some sweat mm. and some red lights, and then the movie would move on. Usually, you didn't get any nudity. Yeah, but the the scene had it was like sax solos. Right? <laughs> They, just, they were in your songs. You're like, why is there a sax solo in this song? It's like, well, it's why wouldn't there be a sax solo? That's the one everyone remembers, but there's a million oh, of them. I know. Just go through like an 80s playlist and just in the middle of the song, like instead of a bridge, there'll be a sax solo. Did you see that article? I dig Did it. you see the article going around about that? Like the problem, sax solo? The problem with saxophones today, like why you don't hear saxophones in songs anymore. What is the problem? Is it, did, did Kenny G ruin it with his? Because basically they have been... A sa- having sax that you can recognize that I do have one uh, exception that proves the rule here, as you like to say, mm-hmm. that basically is in particular the saxophone solo, the identifiable saxophone line. It's, a, it's like a punchline. It's it's a punchline for like 80s ballads. Yeah, well, it's the same reason anything goes in and out of fashion. The thing that was cool before is now the opposite of cool. Yes. And I feel like, anyway, I think that is separate from whether whether it works in the song and whether it has value, a lot of the times it does work in the song. Yeah. It does have value. Even as a parody, you needed to wrap around one more time to be for it to be like ironically cool. I my exception is I'm pretty sure the very memorable vamping sound on the Taylor Swift song, um, Shake It Off, I'm pretty sure that's I'm guessing a baritone sax. You know what I mean? The part yeah, but that's not a sax solo. I mean that that song has the, that song has the the talk singing. Don't call it rap. Uh, breakdown break thing <laughs> that also seems to have wrapped around like that when when rap was starting to become popular, you know, non hip hop musicians, let's say, would try to incorporate something like that into their usually straight out pop songs to varying degrees of success. I mean, or or you bring in the the talent from the hip hop world to be to be on your album or on your songs. To try to lend it some credibility. I mean, they, you know, R.E.M. did it with radio song even. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift does it herself. It's true. She does it all. Sister, doing it for herself. That's right. She's a person, blogger, a four-quadrant performer. She's like a Marvel movie. 
Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, Baghdad Bob. Muhammad Muhammad Saeed Al Sahaf. What's making you think of this now? Oh, it's just because I changed my icon. Changed my icon to Baghdad Bob. It's still showing as uh, what's his name for uh, pu- me? Push to uh, production. Mm-hmm. I'll just click away and click back and click away and click back and nope. Get is get your git. Still <laughs> the Godfather dude. Yeah, Al Neri. There you go. He passed away. He passed away. Uh, well, no, excuse me. He hasn't passed away. He's still alive. He's 76. <laughs> Him and uh, Harry Dean Stanton or whatever his name is. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, who has always been 75. Yeah. Al, he, so in The Godfather, what was he? He was in his 40s probably in Godfather 2? Oh, who knows? Like, you can't tell. He's like ageless. I mean, you would think, oh, everyone looks so young. He look <laughs> I wouldn't young. say ageless, but he is uh, youthless. Yeah. 1926. That would make him... Whoa, 40 and 76. He's 38 in Godfather Part 2. Yeah, Jiminy you can see Christmas. the old man inside the young man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we had Chinese food tonight, so I'm kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. Carbs, man, the carbs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, What was I going to tell you about? We have some follow-up. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. So you, oh, two inside baseball, no one cares. Okay, I'll remove it. Done. The iMac is not very interesting, but I feel like we should close the uh, the loop. Yes, I think we should. I took it in on a Thursday. I haven't told the story here yet, have I? Mm, nope. It'll be very old by the time this comes out. So just enough said. Um, it turned out to be the power supply. I brought it in Thursday, picked it up Sunday. It was relatively painless. But they replaced more than just the power supply, right? They didn't. It ended up being just power supply i thought i saw the you posted your somewhere like your repair bill like you said like thanks apple care and it listed all the stuff they repaired and i thought i saw more stuff than the power supply you could be forgiven for misunderstanding that was the work authorization order and that was the three parts that they had basically approved which going to your original theory is like they're just going to go replace a bunch of stuff and Mm -hmm. see if it fixes it but they replaced the one and they feel like they solved it so no need to replace the other two or three or whatever it was yeah but you know me right (laughs) yeah i'm opp i know uh-huh. I have had one mystery meet restart where I went and I screened my way in and it was at the the top level, like which account do you want screen rather than the just put your password in screen. Was that a restart or just a uh, login window died and, and logged you out? Uh, I don't know how I don't know how that second one happens, but that could be it. Yeah, like well, login window is the, the parent process of all the processes in your login session so if you kill login window you are everything you were doing goes away but your machine doesn't reboot login windows relaunches and you're back at the login window if login window dies while it's asleep or not on that screen in particular i guess it wouldn't matter if, if it dies at any time when you're logged in you will go back to the login screen but you want to find out the difference go to the console and just see like did this machine reboot or yeah. not i think i'm already past that point but um yeah so it's Fixed and it's working. It's so nice to have it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still using my Bluetooth keyboard because I'm superstitious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably bring that back. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I talked about this already on Back to Work. Uh, I think it'll be uh, several weeks ago now that you, when you hear this, hello. But uh, yeah, man, woo! I know we went around with this. We went Slack and here, but man, the Apple Store experience, that old gray mare just ain't what she used to be. It was, it was chaos. You got a lot of anxiety about it, but like stopwatch wise, like once you lug the thing in, how long did it take you from going in the door, talking to the person, leaving and then coming back and picking it up? Like, was it was it efficient in terms of wall clock time, if not in terms of 
emotion and anxiety? Yes. Yes. Um, getting to the point, and I'll just in the interest of time, I'll skip all of the getting to the point, but you know, getting to where I scheduled an appointment to visit with the genius and at which point they checked it in and then getting it back. Yeah, fine. I think it was like, like three or four days to get the appointment. Uh, and then it was fewer than three days to get it back, which was faster than I expected. They said, we'll call you in three to five days where they left it. So I was very pleased to get an email that my thing was ready for pickup. And it actually was pretty easy. I just, I didn't make another appointment. I just went in and they saw me in uh, 25 minutes. Remember to bring your ID, right? I always bring my ID. Mm-hmm. Got my daughter a new iPad case. The uh, yeah, but it's it's real chaotic there. That's how they get wait, you. Wait, so you instead of just going there and getting your business done, you're like, you know what? I'm in the store. I'm gonna buy a new iPad case. Was this like a, an, an impulse purchase, like the gum at the supermarket checkout aisle? Or yeah, John, it was an impulse purchase. She's been using my. Uh, what's the Logitech one for the pro that's got the keyboard? And anyway, point being, Logitech makes a case for my small iPad Pro that has a built-in keyboard and it lights up and everything and it charges via the little port. And my daughter, I, I wasn't using it because it's actually not very good. Um, and my daughter had sort of adopted it as the case for her old iPad Air 2 and but kept falling out and like not working right. And so uh, I got to the replace. It doesn't matter. You know why I did it? I, you know why I did it? Cause I'm broken inside. I was killing time and it's really fun to buy stuff with your phone and not have to talk to anybody. Oh, you did the, you did the, uh, pretend you're stealing things thing. Yeah. It's so fun. And of course I checked it. I was like, Hey, you know, just, so you know, I definitely bought this cause it's okay to put it in here. Like, yeah, yeah it's fine. It's fine. You're getting all sarcastic with me about uh, about it being an impulse purchase, but you, you bought an entire computer basically on impulse. And th- now you're saying the actual explanation was that it was cool to buy things with your phone. But but yeah, John, it was an impulse purchase. This is uh, an even-numbered episode. You started it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your words. Just barrel week. No, okay, fine. It's an impulse purchase. She was on vacation. Like, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, just asking to clarify. It's not. It's not no, accusing no, you of asking. anything. You're, no, no. Like it's, it's a cheap thing. If if something's going to be an impulse purchase, make it not be an entire computer, but instead be that, like an cheap. accessory. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I do this. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, oh, they're watching all the president's men, and I had to leave. I'm gonna toughen you up. I'm not make you uh, sturdier. Pl- oh please, yeah, I, yeah. I'm the one that needs. <laughs> they don't like it when I go. <laughs> Stop defending yourself. Quit defending yourself. It's unseemly. You're like a self-basting turkey now. You're like, you, know, you don't even need me here. It'll just, just no. I'm a like a, I'm a like little a version self- of me that replays in your mind. All I'm, you like need. A, I'm like a self-basting baster. <laughs> I don't even need a turkey. I'll just feel that. You, you make your own gravy. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm like a little chuck wagon. <laughs> another one of my favorite. Speaking of Seinfeld, which we weren't. Another one of my favorite Seinfeld bits. You make your own gravy. Like she makes her own clothes. Is that code for something? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. One of the inexplicably funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I fibbed a little bit. We uh, we did the 20 minute test on All the President's Men and she loved it, but she also wanted to be tickled. And I was like, look, look I want to tickle you. I'm glad you want to be tickled, but we have to pause this movie because you have to really pay attention. We're getting into the Chuck Colson part. You really got to pay attention to this. What's the 20 minute test? Something we started years ago in the house called the 20 minute rule or 20 minute test. I don't, you, I don't, I think your kids, your daughter maybe is kind of like this. Or it's like, no, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch 
this thing. I want to watch Mulan. And you go, okay, we're going to watch this and we're just going to do a 20 minute test. So at 20 minutes in, you can decide if you want to continue or not. It is a MacGuffin because of course I know my kid's taste and she almost invariably wants to keep watching it after 20 minutes. So it's a trick, but it is also good because like if it's really bad or it's scary or whatever, you know, you don't have to commit. So I'm training her to be like me essentially. That's like the no thank you bite. Uh, both of those things don't work on my children. Oh, they tell me, tell me about the no thank you bite. They begin to watch a movie that they don't want to watch. Like they're out of the room. Forget it. Twenty minute no, and they'll go someplace else and do something else. And same thing with the no thank you bite. They can't sit for twenty minutes. They won't. They wouldn't watch twenty minutes of all the president's men. No, not like if they're interested. If I'm saying, hey, I've got something I think you'll like, and it's X, and they say, oh yeah, I think I like that. They'll do it. But if, but if I say I've got something I think you'll like, and they look at it and they say, no, I don't. I won't like that. That is bad. They won't tolerate it for twenty minutes. Yeah. To to paraphrase uh, Lemony Snicket, you know, anytime it's basically any, like anytime you tell a kid that it's going to build character, right? You, you know that that is a signal that this is going to suck. Yeah. You say, well, you know, just try, just try the yeah little bite. Yeah, they can tell. They can sense it. They can sense fear. They know, like, when I have an actual movie, they're like, they can, they can smell it on me. They're like, all right, I'll watch that. But they can tell when it's not good. I, I, yeah, I, I, my tells are terrible. No, so I, 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 I'm not being totally accurate. They, we gave a 20 minute test. I tickled her. We turned it off. I said, hey, do you want to watch Sunfield? And <laughs> we watched the one with the glasses, <laughs> where Elaine gets bitten by the dog. And uh, George thinks he's going to get the discount from knowing Kramer. He ends up getting the ladies' glasses. Those are ladies' glasses. Mm-hmm. It's still so good, John. The show is so, so good. Are you using the Hulu? Are you talking to the Hulu to get this to happen? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I talked about it on Back to Work today. It's definitely the least sucky so far of any of the interface. Are you using it? You don't need it. You've got, you've got the TiVo. You don't need well, it. Yeah, I have the real TV. I have used Hulu like... Lots of stuff is available for free on Hulu in varying amounts with ads and stuff. And I have done that occasionally. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what context. Maybe like a, the TiVo missed it or some stuff is only on Hulu. But anyway, I, I've spent time with Hulu mostly through the web interface. but And it's probably dated that experience. But my, my main impression of it is not being able to skip over or through the same ad repeated 17 times. I'm sure that is a dated impression yes. of the service. Mm, only somewhat. All of these services, if you are getting the version... It's not commercial free. It's terrible. I mean, it's so many Geico ads. So you can level up to the version of previous version of Hulu, which I had done, where you level up for all the Hulu stuff, but without commercials. And that's it's like $12 a month. This one, you get 50 channels. It's around $40 a month. You pay a little more and you get the DVR functionality, which is in practice, it mostly means you don't have to watch commercials. Like we flipped on MSNBC tonight and like you could scrub. I was like, what is this magic? This is the first one of these services I've ever gotten where I could just turn on a show and scrub regardless of like, you know, it used to be when I had a two tuner TiVo, obviously whatever had been recording for half an hour would be on. But in this case, if it is permissible by the terms of that show, you can just start watching from the beginning or anywhere, skip commercials, whole nine. So this would absolutely never work for you as a replacement for TiVo. But, uh, it's a damn sight better than uh, Sling in particular. Sling's garbage fire. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. You can learn more about Blue Apron right now by visiting blueapron.com diffs, that's D-I-F-F-S, For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron's mission 
is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron Seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Each Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every week, or you can let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. There are no recipes repeated within a year. You'll be able to cook meals like beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice, baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli, three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce. Friends, I love me a dipping sauce. You know, uh, we, we do this Blue Apron sometimes at our house, and it's always a big hit. It's, uh, it's really fun. The family gets together. We cut stuff up. We, uh, we, uh, we, we, we rinse the things. We cut the things. We make the things. My kid loves it. My kid eats practically nothing. If you just gave her a bucket of macaroni every night, she'd be pretty happy. We feel like that uh, may not be, strictly speaking, uh, the kind of thing that supports a, a community of home chefs. So when we do the Blue Apron, she not only helps out, but she tries lots of foods that she wouldn't ordinarily try. Blue Apron, thank you for helping me trick my child. She really needs it. Now, here's the thing. Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental United States. There is no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. And their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. So go, please, check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash diffs, that's D-I-F-F-S. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. You go to blueapron.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Blue Apron for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. They got 50 channels, right? It's 57 channels. Yes. But it makes you really appreciate, I think I mentioned this before, the genius of Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Because when he did a parody song involving tech stuff, A, he mostly got the tech stuff right, and B, he made his numbers so large that he will probably be dead before they sound non-ridiculous. Smart. 57 channels, that's like just slightly more than you have now. He should have, he should have plotted it out and said, you know, two albums from now, everyone's going to have way more than 57 channels, and this is not going to sound impressive, and it's going to blow my whole song. Yeah. Which wasn't very good to begin with. Sorry, Bruce. But he knew Atlantic City wasn't that great. Yeah. So what So what don't you like about this interface? It looks like a typical bunch of words on the screen with big blurry backdrop picture behind everything. You see the top one with Iron Man FX? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's how you browse. My channels. Y- yeah, but like imagine now you with your Apple remote, you got to use, of course, there's the typical terrible horizontal hope you don't miss and go where you don't want to go. I hope you're good at swiping horizontally on the Apple TV remote with your thumb, which is not easy to do. Yeah, and there's no clock at the top of the page to hit to take it to the top. You've got to flick it, flick it, flick it, flick it. But in this case, for all the channels you've got, this is the interface, dude, right here. Like you go and, and like if you're doing it on the iPad, it's a page at a time per channel. Cluck, cluck. Cluck. Well, that's why you're talking to it, right? Like that's why you like you're like you know I'm out of this interface. Let me just say some words and hope something. Yeah, happens. yeah, no, absolutely. I know that, and I, I I'm the voice guy, right? Like this is kind of my thing. I really want to get better at this. Does not make discoverability very easy, and of course, their workaround for that is the usual Beats style. When you sign up, tell us what you like stuff. So like 
pick your favorite stations. Like, do you like these shows? Pick these shows. And then those get added to this wonderful collection called My Stuff, where some stuff has DVR functionality and some stuff doesn't. Some of it is just stuff that we have accumulated. And you turn on Seinfeld and it's running, but you could have watched it anyway this other way. And But that said, I think if they fix up this interface... Oh, and you should see you should see the detail view. Oh my god, the detail view is the worst. It's like white letters on a pink background. And you cannot see it. On the one hand, you've got these giant titles in this little interface for each of the stations. But you know, the tiny print that you just can't see from a pro- across the room. But anyway, so much better than the others. I'm struck by how bold this interface is to put uh, if you look at the iron picture at the top of the page. Yeah. A border it looks like about a centimeter wide border oh i mean it's you know you can't tell because of the tv side but oh, anyway i see thin, what you mean i hadn't even thought border of that. around the entirety of the screen which is incredibly bold because and maybe this is not true anymore but as of a few years ago most high definition televisions came out of the box with the image stretched so that you lost a, a you know you lost you would lo- lose that border it would be totally invisible um, and you lose more than that border. You'd probably lose like the the N and the G. So you know they just were all stretched out to the settings to say no. Please just show the actual television image on my television screen so it fits. Instead of taking the television image and stretching it by three percent and chopping off everything on the top, bottom, left, and right. So maybe televisions don't ship that way anymore. I don't know, but it is pretty cool to make an interface with this amount of detail uh, that's going to look super weird without it. Okay, stop. That's a good stopping point. You're totally blown out in robotic. I was ignoring all of my instincts when I opened a page to a, a popular tech gadget website and heard the fans on my Mac Pro spin up. <laughs> what I would have done had I not been on this call is immediately close that window, but I figured mm-hmm. I can I can endure it, and that was a mistake because it basically <laughs> took down my entire computer. You had to no, go to the other honest. computer. Do you really think that's what happened? A hundred percent. That's what happened. I know that's what happened. That is. I had. To, I had to go wow. to. I, everything was dead here. I couldn't even bring up the force quit. You know, command option escape window. Beach ball city. I had to go to another computer as fast as I could. SSH into this one while I was still responsive to SSH, and then manually kill Safari. And then as soon as you kill Safari, boom, everything is better. Control restored to the computer. It registers the seven hundred clicks I made. Before when it was beach balling, wow. uh, and then I gracefully quit Skype, allowing it to hopefully write out its recording, which hopefully isn't entirely garbage. And here we are. <laughs> so thank you for that, and Gadget and Hulu. Now, how am I blaming Hulu? It's not their fault. They didn't make that web page. I blame Iron Man. Sure. Oh gosh, that's terrible. I mean, I'm sure it was just some weird Flash thing or some weird JavaScript infinite loop thing. Like, it's not like something they're in- intentionally doing. It's just a, a pile of crap that, you know, runs afoul of yeah, yeah, Safari or whatever. That's madness. Yeah, so Hulu. This would be, if you if you have any uh, remarks you'd like to share about the, the bloat of the web and making John's fans turn on, this would be an opportunity for you. Nah, I mean, it's just a bug. It's not, again, it's not like, it's not correctly functioning. It just runs into some bug where something just something goes spins off into an infinite loop and paralyzes the computer. So it's not, it's not intentional behavior and you could do that with a very lightweight web page. But it seems to me that very often when I hear my fans spin up, it is loading a website for some tech site that has a lot of, a lot of things visually on the page. And hmm. uh, that seems to be vaguely correlated with 
what other stuff could be going on behind the scenes, especially if they have some kind of fancy scrolling or there's a bunch of flash ads or auto playing video or audio. Iframes. Iframes are a huge one. Just pulling in stuff from like wherever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moving on with uh, more follow up then. Uh, You got some follow up. You're going to give us some more details. Um, You're going to detail your new metal visa card to us. You have, you've had some more time to use the card and uh, get a feel for it. No, my wife corrected me. She said, my name actually is on the front of the card. It's mm-hmm. the only thing there. There's no number, but actually it does have my name on it. And that I, I mentioned that all the, all the, the low contrast, tiny printing that includes all the information about your card uh, is on the back and also your name on the front is not raised like it is with the chunk of the trunk machines. Yeah. It is actually raised ever so slightly. If you run your finger across it, you can feel that the text is a little bit raised. Not enough to bleed through uh, carbon paper, but no one who did not get this show and last show's references to the chunkity chunk machine knows what carbon paper is anyway, so we're fine. Well, and here's another thing. I mean, in an ideal world, there would be, well, there'd be, in an ideal world, there'd be a better system for doing this than having a card with a fixed number. But with that said, look at how many people you encounter in a given month who aren't even sure what kind of payment the terminal takes, whether or not the chip thing is working, how, when, or whether, just don't understand large number of changes that have come up. I don't think they're briefed very well on how this stuff works. I mean, one of the ways that I would, if I were a person at the counter, one way I would want to determine whether a card is real is whether it had the chunky chunk raised letters on it. I mean, I guess you could, you know, look at the hologram and stuff like that. But at the very least, if you handed me, if I were a teller and you handled me a metal credit card where the numbers were on the back, not very raised. That seems very, very odd. You don't hand your card to people anymore, anyway. One, one thing I actually have encountered with, uh, in fact, well, with the do same. If you feel like if it's a waiter or something like that. Yeah. Well, well not in the UK. Anyway, um, <laughs> make sure <laughs> it, you add the tip. <laughs> yeah. In uh, a purchase I made this weekend with the card, I noticed that this particular cashier, anyway, had switched up his game to account for new technology. This is the first time. I was preemptively instructed to remove my chip card before the scary everything's all right alarm goes off. Ooh. So I guess like maybe he's tired of hearing that alarm or he wants like because, you know, he told me I'm waiting for I'm basically at this point. I'm waiting for the scary everything's all right alarm to sound so I can know I can take my card out. But before the alarm sounds, he says, "Okay, you can take your card out now. And then given my reaction time, I went and took out my card just as it was about to start doing that. I had like a half of the little "Eh, eh." And, uh, and pulled it out. So that's an interesting change in like in the cashier leading the customers through to make the process more efficient because it is mysterious to so many people yeah. when to take it out and what that sound means and everything. So he's getting ahead of it. He's getting ahead of the, the alarm and, and telling people to uh, letting people avoid the alarm and the anxiety that it might cause. Good for him, man. I'd like to see more Mavericks out there. Yeah. Should be like a company policy. Always tell the customers to remove the card before the alarm goes off. Yeah, but there's probably liability if it breaks or, in your case, bends. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Although this card, this particular card has been stolen so many times. Um, I don't know. I, this, this card can't be that long for this world. And and for some reason, we use it for so much stuff. So every time it gets stolen, it's like a million out-of-date numbers everywhere. And all of my recurring subscriptions bounce back and get emails like, oh, your card was denied. And you feel like a deadbeat. It's so much unnecessary extra work to just get around this this broken system. So the the box of blood, the bag of blood, mm-hmm. my pound mm-hmm. sign grass fed beef. Have we talked about this here? We talked about we this, have. didn't we? 
Yeah. yeah. It's just really funny that, like, we talked about, oh, like, I, let, let's look together. Back in January, <laughs> four months ago, by the time this comes out, it will have been four months ago that I had a bag of blood delivered to me. There was a, a mishap. There was bad weather, problems, problems, problems. And the FedEx delivery of my, my, my wife had bought me a prescription, prescription, subscription to beef for my birthday, Christmas, birthday. In any case, every delivery had had a problem with it. The one we got in January was really bad, where it got bounced and it went all over the country. We talked about this a million years ago. And I had mentioned it on a podcast. This will probably be the last thing I ever say about this, except this man is so funny to me. So I had mentioned it on a show. I don't know how this guy heard about it, but a guy at the company that I was using tooted at me and said, I'm listening to your show about you not getting pound sign grass-fed beef in time. Are you talking about my company? Name of company, let me help. And I responded and said, yep, having a terrible time. Getting orders arrived, still frozen. Shipments taking five to 11 days. Yikes. I like how both of you are communicating in abbreviated broken English. He's spelling you with just the letter U, not capitalizing sentences. You're leaving out words and sentences as if you don't have the letters to spare, but you totally do. Give me the benefit of the doubt. All right. Anyway, it was, this was so long ago. This is so long ago. This is January. Uh, okay. But also in my own defense, because it is barrel week, I don't like having long conversations with people on Twitter, especially mm-hmm. strangers. Yeah, no. I, I don't want to give this guy the impression that I'm the sort of person who's going to have a big conversation about pound sign grass-fed beef in public. He asked me a question. I answered his question. Everything that I said is completely understandable. Would you please read the date on my response to his tweet? That's the thing about this. What, what are you looking at? A Tweetbot here? Look at Tweetbot on the no, Mac? No, it doesn't include it on the or, other one. Look at it on the Mac. I'm saying I was looking for this for the timelines. I'm like, what kind of client is this? It doesn't give me even relative dates, which I hate, on these tweets. Your reply is January 19th. The thing you are replying to doesn't have any date on it. Shoot, well, then it's not really all that funny. Let me find That's what I'm you. saying. You're sending the screenshot around, and I'm trying to piece together the timeline from what you sent. And Well, I mean, I guess you got 21 minutes on the other one. Okay. <clears throat> Original, he writes me on the 15th. I write back on the 19th of January. Yikes. He writes back. April 11th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did he say? If you're on the West Coast, orders have been affected by a train derailment. Please email, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Happy to help. So it's three months, three months later. Three months later, months later. Three months later, he responds to my bag of blood, my pound sign grass-fed blood. This is a little funny. Okay, right? So, and no, I haven't given another thought. I said to my wife, listen, first of all, I give her the compliment sandwich. <laughs> The open face compliments. I said, look, this was so sweet of you. I know this was very expensive to get. Like, this is really nice stuff. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And she's like, say no more. I'm going to cancel it. I said, really, I, I really appreciate it, but I don't want to deal with this company and I don't trust their bloody food. It was, it was a, a, missed, uh, a misdirected package for vampires. And some, <laughs> some people would appreciate a bag of blood, but you were sitting here like, oh, bag of blood. I don't want that. Yeah, yuck. He responded on April 11th uh, to let me know about the train derailment. And then would you please read the next response to this is him responding to his own thread and that would be from this morning, <laughs> three three months later. And what did he say? Shipment should not take more than a tran- than a transit time of Monday through Friday. Is that English? Shipment yeah, should that's not kind take of more than a transit time of Monday through Friday. Please email blah 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 right away if your order is late! Exclamation point. Again, this is a, a single complaint uh, heard on a podcast and responded to in January. Yes. Next reply in April. Next <laughs> reply with no additional input from you in May. It's I know this is not the case. 
that can't be the case. But it kind of seems like maybe he has a, a few glasses of wine and just starts responding and just to, to searches, things. Yes, searches for yeah. I mean, I, th- it's, I think this is like a, a sort of a client problem. Like he's using like uh, what, was, what is that one with the million oh, columns the, with the big boards? Yeah, the uh, tweet deck. Yeah, right. And he's just doing keyword and he searches. Sees, he's, he's, there's an influencer. There's an influencer. No, but he's not looking. He's not looking at the dates, and he just sees the same thing over and over again. And he just replies to it in different ways, and it, at various times. <laughs> there was a train derailment. There was but one survivor, and the meat bag was miraculously unharmed. So now, the ball's in my court. And no, no, it is not. The ball is not. <laughs> the ball is gone. The ball has left the stadium. Okay, so my, my question to you is: What if, <laughs> what if I were to wait two weeks? And just respond oh, with the that, following with the following that, sentence. That, that's, that, that, that's minor league. You got to wait at least a month. Okay. All right. I'll wait a month. And then here's what I would like to say. I would like your approval. Wait, here's what I want to say. I'm going to respond to his tweet from today. Mm-hmm. And all I'm going to say is any updates on this? I don't know if he's going to find that one. You can try it. This is very timely for me because today I had an interaction at work that was like a condensed version of this. Although I feel like it is slightly higher stakes because it's it's work and not just like a random meat subscription thing that you've long since canceled <laughs> a couple of days ago i don't know i i sent an email to our support people saying hey i can't uh log into my account on the thing mm-hmm. and you know like and it, there's a reset password function on the thing and i i, I explained this and i'm pretty good at explaining technical things to support people so they have all the information they need because i know how frustrating it could be to get an email that says hey i can't log in help it's like, yeah. well, what did you try? What are you trying to log into? You know, tell me the actual URL. Tell me the username I'm using. Tell me the password. You, know, you got to tell them all of it. So I tell them, here's the URL I'm trying to log into. I'm using this username. My password doesn't work. There's a, like a forgot password thing that lets you reset your password. I did that. It sent me the email. I clicked on it. I reset my password. It appeared to go successfully. And it said, you may now log in with your newly reset password. I go to log in with my newly reset password. It still doesn't let me log in. Hmm. I go to reset my password again. And I enter the same password and it says, sorry, you can't reuse your password that you've previously used. Hmm. Like, in other words, you can't reset your password to the, to the one that you just reset it to. So it shows that the reset did work because it knows that my current password is the one I'm trying to enter. Nevertheless, I can't log in. So I, I, I explain this in pretty big detail. Okay. Okay. And I get a reply from them. It's like, oh, blah, 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 something, something. Your account needs to be what's a muhuzid. We what's a muhuzid for you. Try it now. Yeah, and by the way, your temporary password uh, sent in plain text in the email is Ugh, whatever one can God. Right. So I'm like, whatever, fine. Corporate internet. I go to the thing. I log in with the temporary password, uh, and it says it will prompt you to automatically reset, and it sure enough it does. It says, thank you, but you need to reset your password because that was a temporary one. Please set a new password. I do. It says, thank you. You may now log in with your new password. I go to login page, log in with a new password. Predictably, a new password doesn't work. So I reply to the support thread and said, hey, I did all these things. This is what happened. I still can't log in. Then I don't hear from them for a day or two. Today, in the middle of the day, I get not an email message, but a random instant message on like one instant message service old. We've gone through so many different instant message services at work. This is like one back from the current one we're using. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm still signed on to all my accounts because I'm a nerd and I have uh, ADM and everything. Uh, and I get this random message saying, hey, I love when the message, I love when the first message, first IM message is just, hey, and it's like a username you've never seen before, but you can tell they're, they work at your company because they have, you know, your company's domain name and their address thing or whatever. And I say, hi. Uh, and then they say, are you still having problems logging into the whatever? Now, 
I don't really understand that question because where we left it was, yeah, I'm totally still having problems. You tried to give me a solution. I tried the solution. It didn't work. And I replied to it. And so you should, this should all be in your ticketing system. That, yeah, but you understand, yeah. you understand why they do that. It's not the same person anyway, but this is a totally new no, person. No, I mean, it's just, but this is just a ticket hanging around and like, they're not going to. I feel like there should be some continuity of care there that whoever had gotten assigned this ticket should be seeing it through. But whatever they say, you're still having problems logging to the whatever. And I, and then I have to say, yeah. I'm still having problems. Uh, and I kind of re-explain in a short sentence the whole like, tried to reset it, the reset repeated to work, but I still can't log in with it. And I've done this enough, so interact with the support enough to know, just set that window aside. Don't stare at that window waiting for a reply to come because right. it will hurt your productivity. So I go off and continue the rest of my day. Three hours later, I get a reply in that window that says, I forget what the, 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 some kind of follow up that says like, did you try whatever or uh, no no here's what it said it said uh, well, in between the three hour thing I got an email that was like a link to like some sort of screen sharing thing like mm -hmm. click this link and we can take over your computer to screen share which I'm sure as hell not going to click even though I know what it is right until I get some corroboration hey by the way we who work at your company because you can tell because we're communicating on the internet with blah 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 just sent you a screen sharing link you can click on it. Right, so three hours later, they send a reply that says, are you still having problems? Uh, and I say, yes. I say, well, maybe you could share your screen. And, and I say, no, I don't have time to do that because I'm doing something else now. Then another hour passes. This is like, kind of like the exaggerated version of say, when you talk to support uh, in a text chat and they take a long time to reply. Yeah. But I feel like a gap of three hours followed by a gap of one hour to get a reply is excessive. And after the hour passes, again, another question of like, is it working now? <laughs> and I mean, I suppose they could have been working hard on this for an hour, like to, to you know, oh, to figure oh, out oh, this problem. As in like, try, as really meant more as, hey, let's try this again. We changed something. Yeah. But I'm thinking that, hey, even if they were doing that, it would be a good idea to say, we're going to work hard on this for the next hour and we'll let you know when it's safe for you to try again. But they didn't do that. So that type of really slow motion, like I'm sending it in a, in a carrier pigeon, Communication reminds me of this multi-month-long back-and-forth thing. But in this case, you have a good explanation. This person is just keyword searching on Twitter yeah. and just randomly replying to the people. I wonder if the people in support are doing something similar, where they're just looking for open tickets and sending random messages to people oh. and not actually doing anything about them. I, and I, I love screen sharing with support because I like to watch people flail on my computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, they get to control the cursor, and I get to watch them and point and laugh as as they try to do something with my computer, uh, very often I have to rest control of the mouse, bring it to a text editor window and type them a message say, are you trying to find the terminal? Are you confused by how many windows are on my screen? Here's something you can try. <sighs> anyway, point is I still can't log into the thing. And uh, the point is you're not getting this meet anymore. Go look at his, uh, go look at his account. <laughs> Now I officially feel really bad. Is it a copy and paste of the same, uh, well, uh, same like, message? Uh, what's your guess? Your guess is you go to this guy's timeline and you look at tweets and replies and what are you going to see? You're going to see dozens and dozens and dozens of nearly identical, mm -hmm. just phrased slightly differently. No, you know, sorry, uh, turning off auto uh, a play is not part of the new Hulu experience. You're going to get that same thing over and over. Did you look at his page? Uh, unfortunately, it now uh, my default browser is Safari, and by clicking that link, it launched Safari, and now I'm frantically closing the Engadget window that got restored from history. His last three tweets, one from nine hours ago, 
one from April 11th, one from January 15th. Those are his last three tweets, and they're all to me. <laughs> his fourth tweet is him with his daughter having twins at the hospital, and they're really cute. I feel so bad. <laughs> I am such a d- This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by StoryWorth. You can learn more about StoryWorth right now by visiting storyworth.com. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H, storyworth.com, slash diffs. Now let me set a scene for you. Think for a moment about family gatherings. The ones where you sat around the kitchen table, glass in hand, and then the stories start. Your family delves into the funny and the poignant moments of their life. The kind of stories that you'd give anything to have all in one place. Well, let me introduce you to StoryWorth, the easiest way to share your family stories. StoryWorth makes it easy and enjoyable for your loved ones to share their life stories with weekly emailed story prompts and questions that you might never think to ask. And then at the end of the year, they'll get the stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. It is sleek with a black and white interior color cover and up to 480 pages. That's a lot of stories, my friend. This means that you and your loved ones can preserve their memories and even pass the book on to future generations. So here's how StoryWorth works. You get a subscription for someone important to you, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. And now then, they email back with their story, or even can record it over the phone. After a year, their stories will be bound up into that beautiful book for them to keep. StoryWorth is a great way to learn more about someone The questions are designed to evoke entertaining, surprising, and moving responses. StoryWorth is also a great way of staying in touch with family members who maybe live a little further away than you'd like. With StoryWorth, you can write stories and upload photos by email, on the web, or from within the StoryWorth app. You can share the stories with as many people as you want. You just invite them in by email. You can save and edit all your stories on StoryWorth.com. All of your data is secure, and everything is private by default. You get to control who sees your stories. I have to tell you, I wish something like StoryWorth had been around when I was a kid because today there are so many times I would love to know more about how my family lived and what they thought and how each of them made their way through life before I knew them. I think it's a terrific idea. So if you're looking for a last minute gift, consider StoryWorth. It's perfect for someone you care about. It could be a great idea for Father's Day. And now is the time to place your order. Listeners of this program are going to get $20 off your subscription by visiting storyworth.com slash diffs. $20 off when you visit storyworth.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Storyworth, a new way to bring the family together. Our thanks to Storyworth for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. It's so hard for me to tell on Twitter. Is this the... Is this the view that shows you the real, or is it just like the important tweets? Like, is this all of them? Is this reverse chronological, or that I have no, I have no faith that this is actually showing all the tweets? Oh, um, I don't think that's a. I'm on the, I'm on Chrome looking. Oh, he's local. It might be local because I I recognize the hospital. I feel bad. No, okay. So what's the other scenario? Because I'm, I'm such a cynic. What's the other scenario that this guy turns out is a fan of stuff that I do, and I'm just being mean. Look at those babies. Look at those babies. Look at those sweet little hands. Look how little the hands are. Oh. I hope it, they're so tiny. I know. I know. So I they're, know. They're, all, they're all pink like their clothes. Look at them. They're so angry to be alive. Uh, those babies. Little little angry red-faced babies. Look how, look how sad they are. <gasps> little, little pink fleshy plugs. 
I think they're going to get off lucky with these though. I don't want to talk about other people's kids, but um, they're going to get off lucky because first of all, they're adorable, but also they look a little different, which I would really like in a twin. Oh, you can't tell <gasps> that when they're babies. All babies twins. are just like little, little, John, little twins. We pink mushes. About, it's on the list. It is on the list. What, the creepiness of twins? <laughs> yes. It's so far down. It's so far down the list. Did you scroll down his timeline a little bit? No. Get below the baby. The Hey Conrad tweet. Okay. Did not expect to see that scrolling up in this guy's timeline. Uh, here was Who's Conrad? Oh, hey. oh no, no, no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Why did you post that? <laughs> I oh, didn't no. post it. This person did. did I mean, that. I see what he's getting at. That tweet would have been better without the screenshot. Like the people who were complaining about CNN showing what happened with Syrian children and were and complaining they, about they them showing the up by posting an image of the thing they didn't want CNN to show. Yeah. So this person is saying he did an innocuous Google search with his daughter for something that. It would be daughter appropriate and ended up with a bunch of porn results and he posts a screenshot of said porn results. Yes. That's not that's not good. Uh, I can give him a tip on that one, which is you want to just turn on the old safe browsing. Yes, that is one way to if you have a daughter and look at Google with the daughter or son mm-hmm. or whatever family cat for all I care. You, you need to turn on the safe browsing. You're going to get some surprises. Yeah, well, I can tell you from experience with an artistic daughter, uh, where that system falls down is Google safe search filtering does a bad job filtering out line art. And so if if your daughter is frequently searching for drawings that might appeal to uh, a younger person, uh, you may end up with- We got that with papercraft. Yeah, Yeah, we've run into some papercraft that was pretty zesty. Mm -hmm. And then you get the deviant art. Oh boy, there's a whole lot of stuff going on over deviant art. They got a lot going on. It's right there, right there in the name, so- that's true, Art. And then you got, here's this pound sign grass-fed steaks. Boy, I feel so bad. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm looking at the text in this screenshot. Yeah. See the documentary, top documentary with 60 million views? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh. Oh, no, I just read the text. 60 million views? Obviously, this is going to appeal to somebody because, you know, yeah. 34, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 60 million people? It's high. It's the high end of my estimate. That for... is super high. Yeah. You get, a, you get one of those little gray statues for that, probably. Yeah. Camera inside of the... Yes. Documentary, all caps, space, colon, no space, camera, inside, blank, 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 mm-hmm. during SE Yes, ellipsis. double hockey sticks, yes. Yes. Top uh, and documentary. That... I, you know, it's not my thing. I can mm-hmm. see maybe it's somebody's thing. 60 million people, they were they were into it enough to. 60 million people look. can't be wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Trying to find uh, this channel on YouTube. Top. No, stop. See, you're just, uh, just going to mess up your recommendations. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, see, it's about a lot about tattoos in prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's lots of tattoos in prison. Prison and tattoos, people getting out of prison with tattoos <laughs> tattoos tattoos people making rap faces at the camera tattoos tattoos guy getting out of prison guy showing the tattoos on his gut fbi guy oh no this is again oh and then the gray aliens history amazing education documentary and then right in the middle mm-hmm. doggy paddle hulk's adorable pit bull puppies learn to ellipsis arf arf <laughs> Doggy do game night. Family, Family fun, fun pooping, pooping dog, dog slim. slim. 
Glamorotica 101. <laughs> Pounds on grass fed beef. <laughs> Where is it? God damn it. Okay. Ah, and we're back. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a very, very strange episode and a good barrel wig for me so far. We talked about TV. Are you going to tell, tell me about your bird enemy? I do have a hell of a is bird enemy. Is this the bird enemy that you took a photograph of? Yeah. Here's the thing about that. Like, so <laughs> I had I had some problems with the bird and my immediate sort of social media addled mind thinks this is an opportunity for a tweet that people might find interesting because I have, you know, I have something I can take a picture of and I have a complaint, which is what I normally have as people, as people tune in for my Twitter feed. Right. And it's a funny situation. And I've got a picture to go with it. And it was a picture of a bird that was sitting on top of my chimney. My chimney has a metal hood on it. Admittedly, a little bit sort of low contrast. You could make out the outline of a bird and outline of the chimney. Yeah, I mean, but I don't have a super telephoto lens. I got what I got. Um, right, but a, you, you wanted to help you wanted to help your, uh, help your followers be able to understand what it was they were looking at. Right. And it is. A, it's a, so it's a metal hood on the chimney that like, keeps the rain out. There's like a metal mesh around there to keep animals from crawling down your chimney. Uh, the bird is on top of the metal hood. And whatever kind of bird this is, many people have theories. Many people thought it was a northern flicker. Uh, that was the most popular suggestion. I'm willing to believe them. All I know is this is one of those birds that takes this little birdie head and bangs it repeatedly on stuff. Ugh. And so this bird is banging its little beak very, very quickly on the metal hood on top of my chimney. Mm-hmm. And as I said in the tweet, essentially playing my entire house like a percussion instrument <laughs> because you have the empty cavity of my chimney with a metal, thin aluminum metal hood or stainless steel metal hood on top of it. It's basically a huge drum yeah. with like the base chamber is my chimney. <laughs> and when this bird does this, you can hear it everywhere in the house. Uh. The tone changes. It's no Outside, it's metallic. Inside, it is very, very percussive, like... At first, I, because it, it is, it's like a cross between a drum and a megaphone, right? I mean, yeah, it's, and it sounded kind of like if you have like a really bad water hammer or something in your pipes, you know, where like the the you know the pipe slams shut on like your washing machine and the water bumps into it, you know, like or just a very terrible plumbing sound, like your house is broken. But eventually, I figured out it was this bird, and so I took a picture of him, like, haha, funny tweet. This bird is doing this thing. Isn't that funny? Now here I am. What a week later. However long, it seems longer, probably more than a week after that. Didn't occur to me that this would not be a one-time thing, but this bird is not going anywhere. This bird has taken a liking to my house, apparently, you know, territorial type thing. What, what the bird is doing, according to all the helpful people who have tweeted at me, is trying to find a mate by making noise. So the noise is not a side effect. The noise is the effect, as far as this bird is concerned. Hmm. And... It's not going anywhere. It is going to continue to use my house as its as its attract a mate device. So it's got my house, and it's also got its call that it makes, which is not a sing song repetitive call, but <sighs> one note over and over and over and over again. The same note. It's like being stuck on a subway train with somebody playing the saxophone for money. Only it's a drum, and you're living inside of it. Right, and then the chirping, which I can't do an impression of. But it is not musical in any way. It is simply one very shrill note. It's more like an alarm. One very shrill note over and over. That is very upsetting. Yes. And so the bird's not... And so it was warm a couple of days recently, and we had the windows open, and it would, like, ruin my weekend because the damn bird woke me up at, like, you know, 6 a.m. and couldn't go back to sleep. 
uh, because you can't close the windows because it'll be too hot, and by that point you're awake anyway. So yeah, the bird's not going anywhere. And now this bird is my enemy. Now, now you're getting into the rat hole of like things that will scare birds away, fake owls, fake snakes, aluminum foil, dangling CDs and cans, a cloth. It takes it takes less than it takes the, less than one calendar day to basically become Wiley e. Coyote. When you get yes, when you get uh, something like 100%. this going on, in my case, any kind of a noise thing, any kind of a repetition thing, will have a perceived bird enemy of any kind, whether it's a bird or another kind of enemy. Suddenly, you become Wiley e. Coyote, and you're just ordering like Acme exploding things. You're ready to try anything. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: the disheartening thing about looking for this on the web is you immediately find tons of people who have the exact problem with the apparently exact type of bird, and all you see are stories of people who have done all these things and have said none of this stuff works. Bird doesn't care about right outlines of predators. Doesn't care about any of the things you've heard. There's probably going to be there's going to be a certain number of Merlin man's Merlin's man out there who go. Well, I tried this one thing and it seems to have fixed it. Which who knows whether that fixed it. And there's other people who are going to be like, no, I've spared no expense and this is an unsolvable problem. I didn't find any of the people who said that I put up an owl statue and I got rid of it. I put tinfoil hanging from my eaves and I got rid of it. I didn't find any of those. Wow. Extremely disheartening. All I could find were people saying, I tried, insert one to five of the solutions you've seen everywhere and it did nothing. The only person I found who had a success story, it was a depressing success story, was this. The bird was doing it on like their the molding of like their, their eaves or whatever, right? So it's doing it on the wooden part. And the people who had wooden houses, uh, most of my house, the outside of my house is not wood, so I don't have this problem. Although I suppose it could peck away at the art of the PVC and all the yeah, other. Yeah, you got your siding stuff. now, right? Right. Um, if it pecks that man, like that siding is expensive and you can't really fix it. But anyway, it doesn't make as good a noise as the aluminum, so I don't think it's going to do that. But this one had it doing on on the wooden part, and. It was like on the molding on the side of his house and it was doing damage. It was like, I got to get rid of this damn bird. It's just, you know, it's damaging my house, right? And because it was on the side near a window, he could open the window to his house and lean out there with a broomstick, right? <laughs> right. He would wait, wait until nighttime. The bird would come and sort of like rest in the eaves <laughs> and just kind of hunker down there after it's pecking is done for the day. Uh-huh. And he would take the broomstick and poke the damn bird and... You know, one night it's settling in for sleep. It's done that pecking. He goes out there and he pokes it. And the bird goes uh, uh, and flies away. Right. The next day the bird is back. He goes out there again after it's like hungered down for sleep and pokes it with a broomstick. The thing gets up and flies away. Third day the bird comes back. He pokes it with a broomstick, flies away, doesn't come back. So actual physical abuse still took multiple days, but did the job. And it was only possible because he could reach the bird with a broomstick from his open window, which, by the way, is exactly... The story you don't want to see in the newspaper the day after when you fall and break your damn neck. Like, I'm always doing risk-reward calculations for any of this Wiley Coyote stuff. Oh, 100%. I mean, it could be something as simple as the, the broom starts to slip. You think you can grab it, and now pretty soon you're going out the window. Right. And the same thing with this. So this guy's up on the on the roof. I've been on my roof many times before. It is steeper than it looks from the ground, first of all. And second of all, risk-reward of me going up on that roof is very low. It's just very, like, like the ratio is terrible. Because the reward for me going up there is... I can futilely try to do something. Obviously, by, t- by the time I get the ladder out, put it against the gutters, climb up the ladder, clank, clank, clank on the aluminum extension ladder, assuming it doesn't collapse and, and you know, and I tumble to my death slash paralysis. I get up on the roof. I walk over to where the bird is. It's long gone by then. It's long, probably gone by the time I come out of the garage with, with the ladder, right? But to say I do get up there and the bird is still up there, what am I going to do at that point? 
Am I going to swat at it at the edge of my roof because my chimney is at the edge of my roof? Am I going to go up on the, 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 the peak of my roof and swat at a bird on my chimney? Again, terrible risk-reward ratio there. If I successfully do something, the bird flies away and comes back the next day. It's like a, it's like a fly. It's just going to get away long enough right. to have you give up, and then it just comes back when it suits it. Right. And if I and, and the, the risk is I fall off the roof and die and or paralyze myself. So this, yes. this is terrible. So I'm now I'm thinking of ground-based things like, uh, you know, artillery, essentially. <laughs> Missile command. Tennis balls, BB guns, like you're starting to get to the point where you're, you're turning into a teenage kid again. And like, I no longer have qualms about killing wildlife. I just, I just want to underscore. I know this sounds crazy, but once you're actually in this situation, you, you would, you would shoot a boulder with a giant rubber band if you thought it would help. Yeah, I need a wrist rocket is what I need. I mean, I, yeah. I can, I can fashion my own tools. I've made enough, I've made enough slingshots out of inner tubes. I, you know, I can get things done. Like maybe I'm not equipped for the zombie apocalypse, but the bird apocalypse. If, if the. Uh, <laughs> If the, the niceties of, of society, of the civilization, uh, fade away and it's just me and that bird, I'm going to be harvesting inner tubes and taking that thing down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, the only thing holding me back is the neighbors who might feel bad about me killing a bird and the idea that I might damage my house or break a window by trying to do this. Because, you know, I, and that's the thing. I, I never had a real wrist rocket. I could use my friends. Oh, I did. I had a daisy wrist rocket and it was the best. Yeah, my, my inner tube ones had a lot of power but accuracy wise could never compare to you know surgical tubing on the they wrist are rocket. so dangerous yeah, they're the best they're the best they're amazing i mean like just a little pebble in a wrist rocket it's it's like a small yeah, caliber so I, feel, bullet. I feel like i'd have i have a shot at that and even if i don't kill it i feel like one hit with that wrist rocket even if i just clang it off the aluminum thing i think it's gonna do you know it's gonna make the bird think twice and i could do that three days in a row from the comfort of the ground and take it out but You'd eventually give him bird ptsd Yes, one would hope. But mm-hmm. and here's the thing I'm thinking. This bird just can't get laid. Like, it's been a while. Right. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. what, you know, it's like, oh, don't worry. It'll be done when mating season is over. I don't understand well, it's gonna why really, this bird is going to try and sit this one out. It's going to, it's, it's in this for the duration, you think. Oh, well, yeah. But like, why is it not getting the job done? This is the loudest thing in my neighborhood by far. Like, this is, there are other birds that I, you know, hear pecking on other people's houses as I walk around. This guy's got like a, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the Caribbean metal drums made out of the oil barrels. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's it's got the big guns here, and no one is responding. And here's the other thing that it does: when it gets bored of of playing my house like an instrument, it flies like across the street to a tree and does its annoying alarm song far enough away that makes you think maybe it's like a thunderstorm. Maybe it's retreating into the distance, right? But still close enough that it will not let you sleep. Ugh. And and then and then it comes back and it's like no, nope, I'm going to go back and play the drum again. So. I don't, I don't understand. How, are there no female northern flickers to make this bird's day? Because I wish it would just, I wish it would just get the get the There's job your done. Answer. And get Maybe out of you here. need to get him an escort. You should go to the back. You should go to the back of like your local throwaway paper and see if there's some kind of a number. Yeah, you I, call. I should get a wildcat, and mm-hmm. then uh, to get rid of the wildcat, I'll I'll just get some like you know, what gets rid of wildcats? Humans, I guess. You have to get a, you have to get a human from the back of the magazine. You have to get too. a yeti and to get rid of the yeti. <laughs> you got then. <laughs> <laughs> it's cryptozoology all the way down. Oh, John, that is miserable. I I do not do well. I do better than I used to, but I do not do well with repetitive noise things. I, I just, I become insane. I become somebody who I am not. So I don't, wh- let me ask you this then. What is your, what is your strategy? Are you going to wait him out? Well, I, that little hope is still in the back of mind. The fact that everyone's telling me, oh, it's so just because it's mating season mating season will end and you will be spared this um and for me it, like i have a pretty high tolerance for annoyance and noise i was like the neighbors are getting construction done and you know just typical noise type things here's what i have a low tolerance for 
noise that doesn't let me sleep. Oh, like I get yeah. the, I get the one day to sleep in on the weekends, like Sunday or whatever, you know, my, my day to sleep in. Or I get most usually I get both weekend days because my wife is uh, nice enough to let me sleep in on weekends and I need that sleep. And if something wakes me up at six and I can't get back to sleep, I take it personally. Yep. Because then you're in, you're in that sleepy state where you're not thinking like that. Your rational mind is, is, no, not rational is, 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 is cranked down. And and honestly, like even after I wake up, I'm like, I know it's not personal from the bird, but. This is perhaps the worst application of an annoying noise. If annoying noise all day, like I can be like, okay, you know, I'll deal with it. This will end or whatever. When I'm trying to sleep, it's really bad. So what happens is I get super mad at it when it's waking me up in the morning. And then when I'm up for the day, kind of like, you know, after after childbirth, like it, it fades and you think, let's have another kid. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like by by nighttime comes to like Whatever, it's just a bird. It's fine. That was silly. I must. I had, a, I had a bad night last night. Bad night. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, you're not thinking straight. It'll be fine. So you can go to sleep, and then the thing wakes you up again. You're like, no, I was wrong. This bird must die. Uh, oh, and, and now, that, but now it's also repeats. got the here we go again, which I think is one of the things most people will not realize is one of the most abiding, horrible things in life is the here we go again feeling. Mm-hmm. It makes whatever it is five to ten times worse because you're and like, then you got here the, we go the, again. The, the multiplying factor of your spouse. Um, occasionally I think I'm asleep and she's awake hearing the bird. And I know for a fact, occasionally she's asleep and I'm awake hearing the bird. And then you like resent the person who's able to sleep through it. And she often wants to wake me up to tell me it's that bird again. (laughs) And now I'm up to hear the bird again. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is that bird again. That is a strange thing you're describing, but it is definitely a thing. Like why, why or how or why and under what conditions should you be allowed to sleep through this? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I get lucky. Sometimes she does, but she is definitely the one who will, who wants to share. She wants to share. When wants we get to married, she yeah. share her life with me, mm-hmm. and she wants to share all of her life with me. Yeah. So, for example, even the parts she you usually sleep, sleep, parts you sleep it, through, she wants to share. That. It's really important for her to let me know that she can't sleep. Okay, so uh, not to be too Pollyanna, I have a feeling. Th- this will go away on its own somehow. With that said, you know what they say, in time of peace, prepare for war. What are your options? Should you get a bird man? Should you have somebody come out there? Is yeah. that something you would consider? Would you consider this hiring a bird list, man? This was on the list of things, of the suggestions, along with all the mumbo jumbo about H- scaring bird the bird man, away right. and stuff like that, is that perhaps this was like the, this is the last resort. You can hire someone from the pest control industry who deals with birds. And my, And my question is, what is that person going to do? Like, are they magic? Are they going to come with a wand? Right? Like, what are they going to do? do? What I do Aren't have. Aren't they just going to look I up at the are a very particular set of skills. Right, exactly. Like, are they coming with a, with a female northern flicker and they're just chucking it up there to shut the thing up? Are they oh, coming with a the BB gun? Rocket. Do they just have the wrist rocket? right up there. Are they, do they have a house cat that they just throw into the air and it goes, and just lands on your house and chases the bird away? <laughs> you can parachute it in like an army man. Yeah. Are they sending <laughs> raccoons in and then you pay them to get rid of the raccoon? I right. don't. You could try, you could try, try throwing money at the problem or you could try uh, throwing cats at the problem. Yeah, but, uh, but I didn't even consider that because I feel like they, they're not going to do anything except come and say, well, not much you can do about it. Uh, you can try these three things, but if not, mating season will be over soon and that'll be 50 bucks. Okay. I have a very unpleasant and unconventional idea that I'm sure you've already thought of. Have you thought of that? Okay. When it goes where it goes, is it mostly in the same area? Mostly. It's on top of my chimney. Okay. Have you thought about putting a clanging thing of some kind up there that would make its own noise and scare the bird away 
like an oral scarecrow. Yeah, I don't want to get on my roof. So anything that involves me being on my roof. Have you thought about like shooting is, is, it up there with a wrist rocket? Yeah, from the ground, mm-hmm. then yeah, whatever. But I, I don't want to get, and I did think of that. Think of, because there's lots of things you get, once you're up on the roof, you have the entire range of things that scare a bird that you can do, whether they are passive, as mm-hmm. in just statues of things or outlines of things, or semi-active, where there are things you put up there that are meant to blow in the wind, like wind chimes and pieces of tinfoil that flap in the wind and other things that are supposed to keep the birds away. Or like you're suggesting, actually active, where there's some kind of electronic thing that you control that when the bird is there, you hit a button and something happens to scare it away. Waterproof, water-resistant Bluetooth speaker. Oh, I don't think a speaker would do it. I think you would have to physically hit the See, I'm thinking of a clangity-clang-clang. It's sort of like that thing you use when you got a weather station, the little three spoons that spin around, like a Mm -hmm. a weather vane. Yeah. Like, what if you had something like that except... (laughs) a little bit Rube Goldberg, except it's pounding on a piece <laughs> like, of sheet metal. It's like a big metal. boot. Kang, big boot kang. on a stick. <laughs> okay, the... so wait a minute. So the baby crawls under the candle. Mm-hmm. That causes the string to break. The, the hammer, the cat, the hammer, pops right? the balloon. And then the cat runs into the dominoes. <laughs> you could basically turn your home into an OK Go video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> see, the way, the way my past life experiences and the way my mind works, um, it's very difficult to dislodge it from projectile-based solutions. Because A, I like that thing. I spent half my childhood making projectile devices to destroy things, mostly shooting cans, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, it just seems like so much more fun and satisfying to have my feet firmly planted on the ground and to use my human ingenuity and opposable thumbs to make machines. This is a terrific going- use of, this is a, in so many ways, this is a terrific use of tools. You're using, you're, you're using technology as available. You are minimizing your amount of, uh, of of danger and peril by not having to climb something, mm-hmm. you are applying a very uh, you're part of a rich human tradition of using all the best reasons to use a tool for this. If you shoot something at this with a wrist rocket, I think you you are a very evolved person. Yeah. So the, the only thing keeping you from that is I haven't actually pulled the trigger to order a wrist rocket, which is which apparently looking, I can do as an adult right now. Right. And the yep. other thing is, uh, so I'm not going to hit it with the, the first hundred tries to hit the thing right you might so have to take I, some time off and practice for a while right uh what i'm worried about is the overshot like so you miss high the, now your projectile is falling up into the air depending on what angle i take on this thing there's really no safe place for this parabola to terminate it doesn't include like uh, neighbors houses neighbors windows or neighbors cars that's what I'm thinking. Or or like neighbors kids. You can experiment. I believe that you can and should experiment with different kinds of projectiles. So I, I know none of these is perfect. I think the obvious solution it feels like is to shoot a pebble at it. It doesn't yep. need to be that hard. It could be, and why do I say, I was going to say a spit wad. You don't want a spit wad, though, because then it's going to stick up there. And now you get mm-hmm. back to the problem of having yeah, to get it on the roof. Yep, yep. You don't want it to necessarily be a rubber ball because now that's going to, what I'm trying to say is you could shoot something. You could shoot a peanut. You could shoot a peanut at that bird. And now I don't know if you have any kind of nut allergies. You could shoot a small piece of fruit. You yeah, could that, shoot. I was saying if that lands on a neighbor kid, they go into anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock. Anaphylactic like shock. The, yeah. All right. So you got to prep for this. You're going to have to get, you have to get some of those things you plunge into your you leg. Get a, you get a bean of some kind. Or they I think a Navy bean. bean. You can have a Navy bean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want something that splatters. And you don't want something that's going to ricochet. Well, yeah, you need something with some integrity because the wrist rocket will just will just turn it into you know a, a, a cloud of fine bean paste if you don't get <laughs> something that's enough. Refried bean shot. Yeah. 
I think that's not a bad way to go. And also, let's be honest, it is a terrific excuse to buy yourself to a get rice rocket. rocket yeah. Oh my God, I'm looking right now. I think, let's see if they got them on Amazon Prime. No, they don't have it on Prime, but you can get it. What are we looking at? The B-52. Oh, look at that. The B-52 slingshot. Six dollars. What a great, what a great, so uh, culturally relevant name. Outdoor, pro- B- Daisy Outdoor Products, B-52 slingshot. It's culturally appropriate, yeah. Yellow and black, eight inch. Look at that. See, oh, the I'm one from the, Walmart? Is that what you're looking at? <clears throat> I'm looking at the one here on the Amazon. You might want to, I wonder what the nicest wrist rocket you could get is. Put a URL on it. Oh, and look at that steel slingshot ammo. <laughs> you can get a box of ammo with it. Hunting slingshots. Oh, sister. Oh, I need these. <gasps> look at this one. Aluminum alloy hunting slingshot, high velocity hunting catapult. Look at this. This is six bucks. $6.47. You get a wrist rocket. You could probably get it before the weekend. Oh, you should do that, John. Look at this one. This one's going nuts. I paid a lot more than six bucks for the windows that are on my house. And all I can see is myself breaking one of the windows on my house with a bad shot. But there's so much. You, you're a man who's been to college. Think about it. You take mm-hmm. something, you get a high precision instrument. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It's a weapon. But it's a tool, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can use a hammer as a weapon or a tool. You know, Hakuna Matata. You get the right one of these wrist rockets and then you get smart. <laughs> Maybe you put on some camo makeup. You go down to the <laughs> range and you work. You experiment with your very particular set of skills, trying different kinds of, if I could say, payloads. And here I'm looking at the XBES aluminum alloy hunting slingshot, high velocity hunting catapult with quality rubber bands. It's got three rubber bands on each side. 2446 adding to cart. Yeah, that looks like... That's some serious business. This is there. like something you would see. You know, you ever go to those things when scouts, like you go to like the uh, the police have a table somewhere and they show you drug paraphernalia and like homemade mm-hmm. weapons. This is exactly mm-hmm. the kind of somebody would make a bong out of this. This this looks very deadly. <laughs> Adjustable hunting laser <laughs> slingshot, high velocity oh, catapult. No lasers. Oh, look at this one. It's got built in. Uh, it's got a built in knuckle buster. One of these you can get it with a uh, with it looks like brass <laughs> knuckles with rubber bands on it. Thirty nine dollar one does indeed have a laser. <laughs> I just love the idea, though, of you coming out with the theme from Patton playing, bah, 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 and you you come out and you got camo makeup on. <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Well, I was making these things out of a Y-shaped stick and, and a cut-up inner tube. I didn't have no lasers. Nope. Didn't need it. Not you. you made your own fun, um, then. Play uh, Ice Cream Man. Yes. <laughs> just set up those those soda cans and get a bunch of gravel, mm-hmm. and that's an afternoon. I do think about this. I um, I had such a strangely sheltered childhood in so many ways. Not strangely, but like very sheltered in many, many ways. But I also spent a ton of time alone. As you know, I made up lonely one-child games. But also at some point at the age of 14, I don't know how I ever got away with this. I got a Daisy BB and pellet gun. The kind, not, not the one-pump kind, the kind that you could pump up to 10 times, quote unquote. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> Boy, was that thing ever fun and dangerous. And I used to do it. I used to go, I'd stay at my grandmother sometimes after school. And I would just go in her backyard where there was a lot behind, but a giant like state or a county highway going like by. And I would just go shoot in that direction because it would not go quite far enough to hit a car. That was just the thing I did in the suburbs. I was just shooting a gun in the backyard. If somebody saw that today, can you imagine that? What people would think? Well, you're white, so you'd be fine. But that's That's a really good point. But I'm telling you, man, you get one of these, you get one of these stainless steel slingshot catapult hunter wrist support slingshot outdoor this is really seo optimized you should get one of these and you should get really really good at it and i'm just here to tell you i think in retrospect you look back at this particular uh act of your life (laughs) i think you're gonna look at the bird as a friend 
The bird is when I taught you that you needed the slingshot all along. Uh, yeah, that one with the laser. How can it be have a laser sight on it and be it forty? It doesn't bucks? make sense. And what forty I mean, bucks? How could, it's it's too but, cheap. But laser offers an apparent huge amount of precision to this thing <laughs> that does yeah. not have any precision associated no, with it. I think it has plenty of precision associated with it. It's just that the laser would never know, like you would never know how to orient it because you're where you pull back on the how stretchy parts can can vary. In a million different directions, that laser continues to point in. That's one what I mean. Direction. It's kind of a, a blunt instrument in terms. Of, I don't know. See, this is why we should we should both get one of these. Well, test you need it the, out. You need the, the discipline. You see where the archers do it, where they bring it back, yes. where the where the bowstring just just you know presses against the corner of their mouth, and it oh. always comes back to the same spot every single time. Super intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, this would be fun for, with the cat because it's got a laser on it. And I could shoot things. I could shoot spit wads gently in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just like your, it's just like your BB gun. If you if you had more friends, you would have done the thing where you fight with BB guns. But the rule is like no more than five pumps. Oh, five pumps is a lot of pumps. I I I, I, I am just aware a number of, out of a hat. It's just like the, well, you know, the house rules are you're going to have BB gun fights yeah. with your friends, which is totally a safe thing to do. Just don't tell your parents. Not, not a problem. Um, no, you can't do ten pumps Mm-mm. with that because you know then only you get a BB embedded in your friend's butt and he'll have it there for the rest of his life. Right, right, and it'll infect. Infected, and obviously you will butt. indeed shoot your eye out eventually. So. Oh, you will totally shoot your eye out. <sighs> well, I I wish you good hunting on this, and I really cannot wait to hear uh, what you do with this. <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, I feel like the weekdays I don't have time to do anything, and weekdays I'm up early anyway. Right, yeah. But weekends, I feel like my next move is clearly tennis ball. Got, I've got tennis balls. I feel like I have I have a reason a plausible deniability if a tennis ball lands in the neighbor's yard. Yeah, uh, it's uh, that like oh we were just playing ball or whatever, and that I don't need to hit the bird with the ball. I just need to hit the metal thing while the bird is on the metal thing, and that will freak it out enough for it to fly away. And I do that three days. You need tenacity though. You're you need to be out there often enough and long enough. I need to quit my job and dedicate myself full time to the bird. Don't quit your job. You're an important team. You take a leave of absence. They send you home with a little ThinkPad. You sit Mm -hmm. in the backyard in your camo. With, with your ThinkPad, <laughs> your wrist rocket, and you just wait. You get some business done. And you just say to yourself, you know what? It's you or me, buddy. And do that thing where you, where you, where you make a little thing you, with your eyes and you point at them and you go, I, I got my eye on you, buddy. Northern Flicker. <laughs> is that is that the consensus? That's I'm just going my majority opinion. I have no idea what bird is what. <sighs> it's got a red cheek. Oh, look at that beak. That is a very distinctive I mean, you, beak. You can compare it to my picture. I think I can. It has a, a very distinctive beak. Well, not very distinctive. Not very unique. Northern Flicker. Yeah, story checks out. Col- Colaptus auratus. It's the symbol of Alabama, John. The only other bird enemy I had was like, a, like the first uh, summer apartment I rented with my wife. Uh, like it was between junior and senior year of college or something. We had a tree right behind the window. Were you, were you still in the bedroom. mat at this point? Uh, this was what we were on. What we were actually on was a mattress on the floor in a rental. Oh, oh, but you, you'd kind of move things up at that point. Yeah, because the school is out, so we're not in the dorms. We're in we're in the thing they were renting, and a big tree like behind the head of the bed, or where the bed would be, but instead we just had a mattress on the floor. And in that tree was a bird that did have a repeating three or four note melody, and it repeated that three or four note melody over and over again at incredible volume through the completely closed and sealed window. Oh, I just kept doing it over and over. Yep, yep. <gasps> and that I still kind of remember that one. Oh, it'll make you it'll make you crazy. Or that was rough. Yeah, I mean, I think about times I've gone camping, and there'll be some kind of an animal sound you just can't get away from. I feel like this is how this is how humans got to the top of the food chain is just being annoyed by the sounds that wildlife make and being like, "I am going to kill everything that's not a human being." 
<laughs> That's that sounds like a pretty straight up legit James Burke type situation. Mm-hmm. Speaking of humans and animals and getting annoyed with each other, someone posted something on Twitter. It was a clip of a bunch of alligators or crocodiles. I can't tell the difference because I can't see whether their teeth poke out of their mouths or not. Square versus pointy snout. Yeah, but it was too far away. But they were huge. They were like, you know, just not small. They were at least like 10, 11 feet long. Giant things. And they're in some kind of thing sitting on dirt. There's like four or five of them. Someone throws a big wad of meat into the middle of them. Um, And the previously sleepy giant reptiles suddenly wake up and they're lurching in their sort of way that they lurch on, on dry land towards the the piece of meat. And one of them awakes from his dozing. Well, meat turns his head. And at the time he turns his head to go towards the meat, another one is nearby him also going towards the meat. Oh, no. And the leg of the one that was nearby him ends up in the in the thing's mouth. And he's like, I heard or smelled meat landing. And here now there is something in my mouth. And it was the leg of this other poor alligator slash crocodile. <sighs> and the thing bites down, does that thing where they spin, you know, yeah. where they spin along their axes, spins that damn thing's leg right off oh and just eats and, and just eats it. And the other alligator slash crocodile is like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> right. He, he like turns his little head and he's got a little stump there. There's no blood. And yeah. he's just like, he doesn't seem to be writhing in pain as you would imagine, like, a he's mammal probably, would if he's he was mostly, off. He's mostly shocked. <laughs> right. He's like, come on, man. The meat's over there. It's like, you can, can't cool. you tell that's my foot? And now, and the other one's just like, chomp, chomp. That is chomp. not okay. <laughs> it is not okay. <laughs> no, never have reptiles it's, look so alien from our, it's from so our sad. worldly it's like experience. Biting, it's like accidentally biting your own tongue, only it's your friend's leg. <laughs> It's awful. And the best part is the one that got the leg. He's like, this is good enough. That'll do. Right. Yeah. What? You know. Oh, here it is. Uh, it's it's from our friend Todd Vaziri. We have oh. him to blame for this. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Crocodiles are jerks, he says. So he's going crocodile on this. And then did he did he make did he make a movie with Darth Vader in it? Just watch. Mm. Crocodiles are jerks. Okay, here we go. I'm watching. Oh, God. Oh, no. This is very upsetting. Oh, I, I already. Re- oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm watching. Oh, no. And then he like, does a little flippy dance. And the other guy's like, what are you doing, man? That was totally my yeah, leg. I watching the other guy turn to him. He's like, if he had the, the If he had the ability, he would do like in a Seinfeld. He would do like, oh, put his arms up. He'd be like, <laughs> but he doesn't have yeah, an and, arm. And so now watch it. I wish you could slow down the part in the beginning because you can see how this unfolds. The meat yeah. is there. The guy's excited. The arm just like goes into his mouth, and he's like, "Yes!" And he just twists it off like like it's a, like it's. He a, does like three spins. <gasps> oh my! And now goodness. and I watch the other guy turn to him and go, "Dude, <laughs> not okay." <laughs> and he's just eating it. <laughs> he didn't Crocodile. stop and go like, "Oh no, I should." That was wrong. Well, and and so I, Jerry, I also, I'm so I have, sorry. I have a hard time thinking about any any animal of this size. Who could have a limb torn off yeah. and not immediately start flipping out? But this thing's just like practically motionless, and then just turn sideways to look at the guy who's literally eating his arm, and just—I'm I'm super into this wrist rocket, man. I'm sorry, I don't want to belabor this, but <laughs> I'm loving this wrist rocket. It's a way to re- reclaim your lost manhood in your twilight years. Is that a way? Is that a way I could do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not how much would you pay? Last thing, the last thing you want to see, not the last thing, one of the last things you want to see is a 50-year-old man walking around outside looking a little sketchy with a wrist rocket. <laughs> I feel like there is a little bit of a, not a free pass, 
but a little bit of you get a little bit of cover if you are on your own property. Yeah, but it's also right? a Michael Douglas type situation. Like people are so used to you being you and how you are that suddenly when you show up in the camo makeup with the wrist rock, I think there's going to be some questions. You don't need the makeup, but I think it I, helps. Again, I feel like if you're on your own property and you're doing something a little bit wacky, especially if you're doing it towards or to your own house, people yeah. might look askance at it. But it is a totally different thing that you step off your property with that wrist rocket. Now, now the situation has changed. And if it, does, especially if it doesn't involve flames. I think yeah. doing things, even if it's your own property with things, I think flames are very upsetting to people because a flame it sets up a warning flag in a homeowner that maybe this is, this could really uh, reach over to my house too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a little projectile, you know, we've all had some birds we didn't like. We've all had, as you say, bird enemies. I think, I think you might get actually a, a surprising amount of common cause because also your neighbor is probably waking up at 6 a.m. too. You know what I'm saying? I, that's what I'm looking at. I'm always looking to see especially when it goes across the street to its other, like to its remote chirping location. Now it is closer to someone else's house than mine. Now, maybe everyone's already awake. You should work. You should work together. You should work. You should, you should get a team. Mm, I, I'm, I'm alone. Is this, is this the, this old house house or is this a different house? Different. So this is what you're alluding to is that some form of this old house, a program that I have watched since childhood, since Bob Vila was on it, since they used to go over the people's budget on a yellow legal pad back when the people who were on the show were not all bazillionaires. Watch the show my whole life, essentially. Still watch it. And it's various spinoffs. Incredible, incredibly satisfying to watch like Norm like make a joint go together and it just fit and was perfect. That's so satisfying. Workshop, but yes. Oh, well, no, but Norm used to be on. Am I wrong? Wasn't he his buddy, his helper? Yeah, no, he was on. Yeah, but he would mostly do all the making joints fit together on New Yankee Workshop. Uh, occasionally back in the old days. Like, but the whole, but a, I mean, I'm he, just saying the show, it was like Mr. Rogers for homeowners. It was very relaxing and kind of exciting in a nerdy way. It was a really yeah. fun show. And now it has kind of become Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, where I'm excited to see how people with way more money than me improve their houses. And because for many, 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 many years, maybe decades at this point, everybody who's on this show is putting like the price of three normal houses into their house that they already bought for a million dollars, right? Everything is the most expensive thing you can get. Everything is handcrafted in some shop in Vermont. Uh, so like, it's actually kind of closer to the Canada Brothers. It's closer to like we yell at you about how much this is going to cost kind of show. Well, they don't even talk about money anymore. Like it's unseemly. In oh, the beginning, gross. like I said, when Bob Vila was doing it, they would be they would be doing a modest renovation of, of a working person's home. And they would literally have segments of the show where they would show you Bob Vila and the homeowners going over their budget on a yellow legal pad. You have $10,000 to spend. Here's how much we think it's going to cost to replace this window, to fix the siding here, and to get a new floor. And you can see you're over budget. How do we want to address this? Like if we don't discover dry rot or something. Like there's always that little drama of like if everything goes where we want it to go, this is a conservative estimate about what we can right. do. Right. Can you give up the new window or right. do you want to sacrifice the new floor? Or one other way you could do that they always suggested back in the day was sweat equity. You can reduce your labor costs by you deciding to refinish your, your shutters yourself. And you're always waiting back in the old days for the homeowner to say, yeah, I think we'll, we'll redo the shutters ourselves. And then they would film them neck deep in like lead paint and sweat and grime two shutters into their 20 shutter job <laughs> like keystone keystone copping it <laughs> how much they regret doing the sweat equity oh, but yeah. they got to put a brave face on it because they got to stay within the budget sometime in the past several decades they switched over to obscenely wealthy people spending obscene amounts of money on their house because you just want to see someone who has 
everybody has an interior designer, sometimes two, a separate kitchen designer, right. a landscape designer, plus all the contractors, plus the general contractor. Every material is like, oh, we've decided to go with copper for our roof because copper is an inexpensive material to coat our house with. And yes, everything's going to be marble and soapstone. And I'm going to have custom furniture and cabinets built for this. And I'm going to have custom upholstery, uh, upholstering put on all this stuff. And I've decided to go with mahogany for the mudroom. And, like, and that's what it's all about. And that's what you want to see. That's what I want to see half the time. I want to see... How awesome can a house be when money is essentially not an issue? Occasionally, they'll bring up like, well, budget, you know, I just spent 150 grand on this stone wall in front of my house. That's going to take a little bit out of my budget for the floors. <laughs> you know, As you see people hand assembling, hand fitting stones to make a perfectly rectilinear wall out of random stones made by nature over the course of six weeks. And you realize that wall is like literally 150 grand. Oh, my God. Just so they can have a stone wall in front of their house. I enjoy that. I think I think I like that better than the family that had a budget. But at a certain point, it is divorced from anyone's reality. Uh, and it is more like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which I also used to like to watch to see. <laughs> you know, when you have a lot of money, how can you live? Well, Robin Leach was an annoying narrator. Um, what is it? Champagne, <clears throat> wishes, and caviar dreams? Yep. And everything he said was yelling. <laughs> he's, never, he's never even seen all of the rooms in his home. Exactly. That was a very silly show. Trump was on there a lot. The uh, the, the uh, Republican candidate, he was on there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know think about it. Uh, but anyway, the, I, all of this is to say. That's I so just backstory to say you, you're a fan. You know this. At one point, I think, if memory serves, when you were having your uh, stressful renovation of your house, there was somebody related to one of these shows who was like a bidder on the job. Well, that's uh, one of the nice things about living in Massachusetts near the Boston area is that that's where this old house came from wgbh is yeah, the our right. local you know station um those people all live here and work here uh their projects aren't exclusively in the boston area they have done projects all over the place all over the country all over the world but most of them are in this area just for convenience of the people involved the people on the show there's there's the host who has changed uh and now is kevin o'connor bob Vila is long gone there's norm of course who uh, has been there since the beginning and there's a bunch of other people who have been there since the beginning ish they have their general contractor guy Tom Silva, uh, the Silva Brothers is his contracting company. Right. Okay, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, they have Rich Trithui, who is their plumbing, heating, AC guy. His company is Trithui Brothers, and you have Roger Cook, who is a landscaper. I, f- I think it is like KNR Landscaping or something. You have Alan Gallant, who's an electrician, uh, and it starts to tail off from there of uh, the different contractors. But all of those are real, actual companies, and the people who are on this old house are usually like the founders of the companies or some in some capacity, but like. It seems to me that their job is essentially to be on this old house and that they have a big company filled with electricians and plumbers and contractors who do the work of their business. And so periodically when I have need something done in my house, since I've watched literally decades of these people working and at least on the show, it is very clear that they are very good at what they do. You think to yourself briefly, I can call the Silver Brothers and say, right. hey, do you want to work on my project? And or I can call Roger Cook and have him come and deal with my, the branches on my tree or tell me what I should do about whatever. But, of course, you know, like, even before you make the first call, you know, like, that's not going to happen. They're probably very, very busy and very costly. Exactly. I mean, like, they're on they're on national TV. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to get them. So sometimes I try it anyway. When I need landscaping done, I called Roger Cook's company and left a message. Roger Cook called me back, like the actual dude. Wow. Called me called me back and said, and, you know, because I could tell it was him from his voice because I watched him my entire life on television. I played it cool. 
Uh, and hey, oh, hey, how's it going, man? What was your name again? Uh, yeah, yeah cool. and, I, and I told him my situation, and he said very nicely, "Well, I don't have time to do that, but I can recommend somebody else who can do that." And he recommended another company, and I went with that company, and they did. That's very, that's very, very gracious. Yeah, I mean, and I imagine this is how it works for most of these guys. They don't have time to take your business, and you don't have the money to hire them, and your job is too small. But they act as a funnel feeding work to their friends slash people who they think do good work. Yeah. Right? When I need my house painted, I called this old house painting people who predictably didn't have time to deal with my house, but they could recommend somebody. And they recommended somebody and I had them paint my house. When I called, I believe I called the Silver Brothers for the big renovation. And they told me they're not considering any prospective projects except for two years out. Like, you know, when you're trying to get the genius bar appointment, they're yeah, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you know, their schedule was, I forget what year it was. It was like 2011. They said, we're scheduling for 2014 now. Jiminy. So, and, and also, by the way, if we had gotten to the point, oh, this is the thing. They said, we're scheduling for 2014 now. They didn't say, so would you like to get on the list for 2014? As far as they was concerned, the conversation was over. Like, so not only... Was it two years out? But they could sense from the size of the project that they were never going to do it anyway. So they did not solicit, would you like to get on the waiting list for 2014? It was just like, right. no, no. They'll keep your resume on file. Not even. Just like, <laughs> goodbye, this conversation right. is over. Um, but me doing all this and trying all these things, is like, hey, what do you get to lose? You're calling a bunch of people anyway. Why not give it a try and see what it's like? Yeah, right. The Trithui Brothers is a plumbing company. And guess what? You can get an appointment with them anytime you want. They must have a million locations and a million plumbers. And I've oh. tried a lot of different plumbing and heating and AC people. And we've had our boiler replaced and our water heater replaced twice. And tons of plumbing fixtures put in, new toilet sinks by many different plumbers. And I was kind of putting off going to the Truth of We Brothers because I'm like, well, you know, it's going to be the same situation as the other thing. They're on TV. They're really popular. They service rich people. You can't get on their schedule. Nope. Truth of We Brothers, you can call them. You can get an appointment wherever the hell you want. They come out, they do good work. They're cheaper a lot of the other places. I said, if I have an appointment with them this Friday, they're coming out to deal with some uh, stuff, plumbing crap in the basement. Obviously, it's not Rich Trithui or any of his, like any people you would see on TV. It's just a bunch of plumbers. But I was surprised to see that they're actually cheaper than some of the other plumbers that I've tried. That's and crazy. And so I'm stuck with them and they've been to my house many, many times. So I'm kind of happy with that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And so this came up because you, uh, I don't know exactly how it came up, but you posted a photograph of a project in your uh, area. Yeah, so in my neighborhood, my wife spotted the, this old house, like branded trucks sitting on the street. In fact, not just one truck, but many, many trucks, including one that said Silver Brothers um, and and a bunch of cameras. You know, it's like the filming type thing. Like, oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. Ton, tons of filling the entire street, which like way more than you would think. You think, oh, they show up and it's the on camera people and then a camera guy and then a sound guy and like one other guy and they can fit in two trucks. Nope. It's a big production. And they are messing around on one of the many houses in my neighborhood that is under construction. And she spotted them actually a while ago. And then you commented on it and, and took a little uh, creep shot picture at some point. And then they came back. He did. It was a, it was a perfect the creep shot distance wise. Like it was like, a, hmm, oh, whatever. Just I was just looking at my phone and click. Yeah, I think I posted the second one because it's like, oh, they weren't done filming. I guess, you know, you film over multiple segments or multiple whatever. They're back again. And she, her theory is that it's Ask This Old House because the, the one of the trucks was the Ask This Old House truck. Like, it doesn't look like this is one of their project houses because this old house does a, a season for a house project. We're going to renovate this house in this town, whatever. Okay. And the whole season they just do from the planning phase to tearing stuff out to putting everything in. And then they, at the end of the season, it's like, here's the finished house completely furnished and 
let's all have a big party. Oh, and that, that must be way better from a budget standpoint, too. Your family working on the one thing you can, you know, be easier to manage. They have remotes where they're like, uh, you know, we're getting the cupola built uh, from this artisan in Maine. And for a segment of this episode, Norm visited the shop where it's being built. And they said, yep, this is the thing going into your house. And let's take you a tour of the factory and so on and so forth. So they still have those remote segments. But really, it's just one project all the time. Ask the Little House is a spinoff program where they get multiple questions from viewers. Hey, I've got a problem. My hinge is squeaking on my basement door. Uh, can you help me fix it? And they could be anywhere in the country, but sometimes they're, uh, you know, a lot of times they're local and they will send out the relevant star from this old house. If it's a plumbing problem, Richard Thuey goes out there. If it's a general carpentry problem, Tom Silva does it. Sometimes Kevin O'Connor appears with the other ancillary help. Often they will hire a contractor local to the area. Oh, like so, okay. so Richard Thuey will go out to Ohio, but in the house with him will be an Ohio plumber doing the work and Richard Thuey will just basically be explaining what he's doing and maybe doing something or other. I always wonder how those plumbers feel about being on TV with the other guy who's explaining what they're doing and maybe he's going to pretend like he's helping. But anyway, they do multiple segments per show. And because there was an Ask This Little House truck, we think this must be just a problem. Like it's one of these houses like, hey, I have a small problem. Come visit my small problems. They do multiple problems per show. It's very short. It's the opposite of an entire season for a single project. But then why would they be back at this house twice, first of all? And second of all, this entire house is massively under construction. Like they're pouring new foundations. Like it is just a mess. Couldn't that just be their their production truck? I mean, uh, that seems yeah, like the yeah. easiest explanation. It could be, but I don't think this is a project house because it's just not big enough. Like these people don't have enough money. Mm, okay. Like the houses, the houses they do projects on are are like hotels. Like they're they're maybe massive. They're, maybe they're building monk holes and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I mean, the bit where she caught him, he was up on the roof. Speaking of, he's right. He was right next to their chimney. If there was a northern flicker up there, he could have swatted it down with his hand. Mm. He's got harnesses on and hard hats, and there's sure. scaffolding and giant cranes up he's, all he's, around he's him with ready. the camera people. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but that's where he was. And so I'm like, is this an episode where they're doing some repairs in the chimney, or is this an actual project house? I don't know. So I didn't see any of this myself. This is all my wife. She takes a lot of walks around the neighborhood, and she happened to catch them in, in the act. I think twice now. And she saw it was the end of the day. She saw Tommy walking back to his car, and he said hi, which was very nice. That's nice. Yeah. She said hi, and she did not kidnap him. Oh, that's, you know, that's one of the greatest ways that you can show respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you if you just uh, take him back to our house and don't let him leave until he fixes everything. That's my ideal. Well, yeah, or, yeah, I mean, at the very least, you could, you know, ask him to offer you something. Um, just a personal item of some kind that you could hang on to. My my parents, are, my dad is a big fan of the show as well, and, and he's always suggesting that I call them for my various house problems, but <laughs> I have the problem that i imagine most people would have or i I certainly have a lot maybe i have more than most which is i do have my house tons of problems like there's a million use a million of the SSL house segments sitting in my house <laughs> but i would never want to invite a camera crew into my home oh, because God, they man. always have the section of the show where he pretends to knock at the door and you say oh come on in and they come into your house and of course the camera crew is already inside the house I and know, like, they come I into know, your house yeah. and you say Welcome. How long have you been in this house? Oh, very nice. And then usually the homeowner says, yeah, and I redid this part of the house myself. They came into my house. A, it would be disaster area. And B, you'd be like, everything in this house looks like crap. Your paint is peeling off the walls. You have marker all over the walls. Your floor hasn't been refinished in two decades. All your furniture are hand-me-downs. And, you know, it's just a disgusting sty. And I can't tolerate that section of the show where they show how gross my house is. 
I, I would it's, such, it's, it's such very... a part of we're, we're big fans of uh, Kitchen Nightmares and Hotel Hell, which is a terrible show. My favorite part always there's several favorite parts, but I do love when they go through the kitchen. And even though they knew that Gordon Ramsay is coming mm-hmm. to the restaurant, they have still not cleaned the muck out of the walk in. They they're storing the 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 raw like slimy chicken next to the cooked cutlets, and he that drives him crazy. That's always the best part. And so the shaming part where you look like a hoarder, you'd prefer not to have that part. Yeah, and but, but there we know there's no it's not as if I would fail to prepare. There's nothing I can do to prepare. Like yeah, you're every, just, yeah. Every you're part of the house look is a mess, bad, no matter what. It feels like there's there's a baseline level of of togetherness that your home needs to have before you can take them to the one door with the squeaky hinge. Like, oh, this toilet is running. Let me take you through my otherwise impeccably appointed brand new house. I'll bet is Marco's house like that? I'm guessing Marco's house is like I bet I'm guessing yeah, like he's with, got with a normal house. I'm guessing with half an hour's warning, he could make it so that you could come in oh, and take yeah, photos no, it, and not be embarrassed. I, I with no warning, his is TV ready. It's fine. Ugh, um, it's sickening. Yeah, but but it's not I, I feel like a lot of this the houses I see on this are like able to be staged in such a way that these people like that no one lives there certainly mm-hmm. they don't have any kids right but that no one lives there there's no junk anywhere everything in the house house stuff in the house could be dated yeah like a, all... a dwell magazine kind of feeling like there's there's nothing here that it looks like it's been staged yeah everything is all straight and level and none of the paint is peeling and uh all the floors uh are look like they're new even if they were new and even if they were installed in the 70s they look like you know no, it's none, of the, uh, none right of the avocados now. are soft the ice trays are full like all, all everything about it, the whole place. And mm-hmm. nobody, nobody's craft. Nobody's crafting on the on the table. The, the, the right. chocolate chip cookies, and and nobody there is doing scrapbooking. Obviously, and if they do have a kid, like mm-hmm. the kid is in some parents' armed in their Sunday best, and the dog is groomed. They're in their, in their, in their and, tiny play area yeah. with three blocks, wearing white pants and no shoes, and they're sitting in the, in the tiny little play area where there's no actual toys. Right, and then they go, okay, well, let show me to where that squeaky hinge is, and they spend the rest of the time by the squeaky hinge, and, mm-hmm. and Tommy fixes their squeaky hinge, and that's the episode. And so, even though I have tons of things that need to be fixed. I can't let anyone near my house with a camera. Oh, it's never. Too, it's never. Too mortifying. I don't want my family in our house. My God, I would never let somebody <laughs> with a camera in. Yeah, so that's why what, what happened get... when I sent you that photo of our sweet, precious angel and all you wanted to do was talk about our bed. See, that's why I don't show people photos of things. No, I know. That's why you should never show anyone photos. I don't understand why you do that. I mean, you can was, show me. I it's thought fine, we but... were friends. You know? Well, I mean, like in, in public. Like, that wasn't was a public one. Oh, I, do, I hate that. I hate that. I don't Gary, the, this is a character from Dubai Friday we call Gary the uh, Privacy Concern Clown. Mm-hmm. He, he's that guy. He's that guy who publicly has remar- he has public remarks about something that he's very concerned about, and then expects you to respond to it publicly. Which would, of course, only take that otherwise not a giant privacy concern, and now blow it into something now where everybody's going to try and zoom in on your pictures because Gary has concerns. Mm-hmm. 